Hi, and welcome to the Burley Brew Podcast. I'm Kelsey Deckert, your horticultural agent for Burley and Morton County. Today, I'm going to visit with you on some basic care for our houseplants. Many North Dakotans have houseplants, and why do we have houseplants? Because it is North Dakota, and our winters are long too long not to see any green. Plus they're gonna add beauty to our homes and it's human nature to wanna be with nature. When growing houseplants, we need to consider the following, the soil, light, water, and fertilizer. We're gonna start today talking about soil. So what type of soil do we use? Can a person simply use garden soil? The answer is no to garden soil. It's only gonna be good for a month or two and then it's gonna become hard and rock-like in a pot. Plus it also has poor drainage and aeration for our house plants. So what do we want? For general use, a good soil mix is equal parts of loam, organic matter, so preferably peat moss or even well-rotted manure, and sand or perlite. I always like to caution gardeners when using manure to make sure that it is well-rotted or you know the person you are getting it from. If a producer sprays their pasture, there is a risk of herbicide residual within that, which could injure our house plants. Or for convenience, one can just purchase potting soil from a garden center. That is going to be the easiest route. And another good thing about purchasing potting soil from a garden center is it is going to be sterile. So you don't need to worry about weed, seeds, insects, or diseases within that soil. Light. So what kind of light do our house plants require? You need to find a sunny spot in the house. It should be bright, indirect light, usually two and a half to five feet from a window and direct sun for at least part of the day. If a plant gets too much light, we will see brown scorch on it. If it gets too little, you can end up with leggy plants. It's always a good idea to check the light requirements for the plant you have. So take a look at the label. Some may need full sun. Water, this is gonna be one of our, well, probably the most important factor we need. So we often get the question, how often do we water? First, you need to ask yourself, what type of plant are you growing? Is it gonna be more of a rainforest or desert plant? Obviously, both of them are gonna have different watering requirements. And then what type of pot? Is it clay or is it plastic? Clay pots are gonna be naturally porous, and that's a good thing to have with watering our plants. The best way is to how often do we water is close observation and a touch test is gonna be the best method to use. Succulents are gonna require less than our shallow rooted plants when it comes to watering. And each time we water, we wanna make sure the water runs through the entire pot, not just hits the surface. The soil should dry in between waterings to a point of slight moisture stress on the plant. So some tips for watering. It is best to use room temperature water. You wanna irrigate deeply and thoroughly. That's gonna help with flushing out excess of salts and it's gonna promote deep roots and it will remove also excess water. Make sure to keep the foliage dry. So you should, just like it's recommended in the garden, to water at the base of the plants. You don't wanna use water that's high in salts or water that has been through a water softener. If you have well water, it's best to get it tested. 
Rain or even melted snow are going to be good alternative sources of water. And with the long winters, you could get out and help get rid of some of that white snow in your yard by collecting it for the house plants. The thing is, is to make sure again to bring it in and let it melt and get to room temperature before watering. If you're going to collect rain, a really good project, an idea to have would be to create a rain barrel. It will make it a lot easier for you to water your house plants and other plants you may have within your landscape. Overwatering is the number one killer of our house plants, so you need to make sure there's proper drainage in the container. If the container is solid and doesn't offer it, like plastic containers, sometimes people will use just almost anything for a container. If you're able to, just even drilling some holes will help that. If it's not a possibility, putting some rock at the bottom of the pot will create a drainage spot for that plant. If you're noticing the yellowing leaves or leaf drop, that could indicate overwatering. Overwatering will also cause root rot and wilting as well. So as I previously stated, we want to make sure our soil is saturated throughout the pot each time you water. So it shouldn't just go around the plant and down. The whole container of soil should be watered. You need to empty the drainage water each time after watering. Again, that's if your container or pot that it's in has that catch at the bottom. That's going to reduce the possibility of waterlogged soil and it's also going to prevent dissolved salts in the water from being drawn back into the soil. Fertilizer. When we talk about fertilizer, there's three key nutrients we need to take a look at. So just like we feed ourselves, we need to feed our plants as well. So we're going to look at the three numbers on a fertilizer label are going to indicate the amount of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium percentage of that whole bag. So the one thing about nitrogen is it's going to give you that deep green color, it's going to promote growth, and it's going to give you a lot of foliage. Phosphorus is going to be something that really strengthens our blooms and our roots. Potassium is going to be overall strength and stress tolerance for the plant. That's why we wanna make sure we're getting all three key nutrients into it. The basics. So we need to give fertilizer when plants are hungry, typically spring through fall. Our plants are gonna need a rest period just like our outdoor plants. You need to give fertilizer to promote growth, but don't over fertilize when the soil is parched. There are many brands of fertilizers designed for house plants. It's best to go to your local garden center and take a look at what's offered out there. There's even specific fertilizers for specific plants. Follow the directions and don't assume that twice the amount that is recommended is better. If you do that, you will end up with plant injury. Plant injury does occur, if it does occur from fertilizer, go ahead and rinse out the area of that dissolved fertilizer with clear water. That will help in the recovery of the plant. You can also just flush the whole container with clear water a couple times as well. Due to varying amounts of dissolved salts in North Dakota well water, it's always a good practice to leach the soil every three to six months, especially if you noticed a white crusty material on top of the soil surface. So leaching will be flushing the whole container so that's the plant and soil. One thing you'll have to do at some point in time if you are going to have house plants is repot them. So signs of repotting needed would be wilting a day or two after watering, if there's very little to no growth, if you see a lack of vigor in the plant, or there's foliar discoloration. 
water flushing out of the bottom of the pot as you're watering means that it's just going straight through the pot and at the bottom. One of the biggest things we see with our house plants in an indicator that they need to be repotted is that they'll end up getting root bound. So in the container, they'll start to circle around itself rather than growing down and out. So if you are gonna have to repot, the best way to go is you need to make sure that plant is watered one to two days thoroughly ahead of repotting. Then you'll remove the plant from the pot. If the pot is too large for you to just pull it out, pick up the pot and knock the high side with a rubber mallet. You can even use the heel of your hand to kind of hit it to loosen up the pressure from in there. I've even on really larger plants that are in bigger containers like some of the nursery containers, if you put it on its side and you put pressure from your knee and kind of roll it underneath, that will help, especially if you're dealing with like trees that are within your plant, like within your house, like tropical trees. Next, you're going to want to cut the roots or slice four slabs off the mat root. And I always do like a vertical slice around kind of that the plant and the root ball area. So again, just four around. Once you do that, you'll get your container, add potting soil to the bottom to, care, to cover the drainage holes about an inch thick. Then you'll go ahead and place the plant in it and fill in the space around it. You should also leave a little bit of head space in the container. It will, once you water, shrink down, but it's good to leave a little head space as well. You don't want it flat and even with the top of the container. So some signs of trouble or that our plants are suffering. If they're wilting, if there's a sun loss of leaves, if you see yellowing leaves, abnormal coloring, if there's death of leaves, finely specked leaves. So if there's if you're seeing like little white specks or little black specks on the leaves, browning of the leaf leaf tips and margins, if there's spots on the leaves, if you have plant distortion. So plant distortion could be leaf thickening, curling, leaf and flower drop. If you have a white substance on the soil surface, or you're even seeing light brown corky scab-like lesions. If you are noticing any of these, you're gonna to wanna to investigate further to see what is the cause of the problem. Contacting your local extension agent will be very helpful as they can assist you in diagnosing the problem. Some common insects of houseplants are aphids, fungus gnats, mealybugs, scale, thrips, white flies, and spider mites. So we're going to talk a little bit about pest management. If you are having or dealing with any of the insects previously listed, we kind of go through three types of management. We want to try some cultural practices to alleviate the problem. Then we'll move into mechanical practices and finally chemical. So what are cultural practices? That's kind of the first start area. So exclusion is going to be one of them. So anytime you plant or purchase a plant for your house, you need to inspect it. If it's infested for some reason, or you get it home and you notice it's infested, it's best to isolate it three to four weeks to prevent the spread. Also, if you take your house plants out in the summer or during warm weather, they should be inspected prior to bringing them back into the house for insects. The next thing you can do that's a cultural practice is sanitation. So again, making sure you're getting like sterile soil, clean pots, everything has been washed that you've been using or that you're going to use as a container. Let's avoid overwatering. Overwatering can lead to pest problems. 
Moving into mechanical practices, you can simply wash and spray your plants. So washing with just some light water will help remove insects. Even doing a solution of soapy water will help. You can wipe down your plant. So like taking a warm cloth rag, um, wet warm cloth rag or washcloth, I guess I should say, and wiping down the foliage of the plant will help. Hand removal, if the, if the insect's actually big enough to see plant trimming and ultimately if it's very infested you may need to consider disposal. Finally chemical. There are a lot of options of insecticides that are labeled for house plants so again go ahead and check your local garden center. Diseases. House plants rarely suffer from infectious plant diseases because the indoor environment is too dry for a disease to develop. There's three conditions that are needed for disease to develop. The pathogen itself has to be present. The plant has to be susceptible to the infection. So it's under stress, it's weaker, maybe it's got a lesion within it. And then the environment needs to be favorable for disease development. Diseases that we'll see within house plants, you can see root and crown rot disease. Signs and symptoms of that would be wilting of the foliage, yellowing, and then browning of the leaves. So root and crown rot can be caused from overwatering. Heavy potting soils or poorly drained soil can pose for a problem as well for this disease. Even though wilting is a symptom of it, wilting can be caused by several factors. So we're going to want to go ahead and check the root to see if it, the roots to see if it is a root or crown rot disease. Healthy roots are going to be cream colored and very plump, where roots of root rot disease will be brown and mushy. House plants can get foliar diseases. However, those are even rarer to see than root rots. If plants are subject to high humidity or frequent misting, a disease can occur. So some symptoms of foliar disease would be leaf spots, lesions, blights, dieback, browning, defoliation. If you are detecting or seeing any of these symptoms early enough, you can go ahead and use a cultural method of just removing and destroying the infected material. And that often can lead to a satisfactory management of the disease. However, if it's detected a little bit later or the cultural method isn't helping of just getting rid of the infected material, fungicides are gonna be available for some of the foliar diseases. Again, if you suspect a disease, I would highly recommend contacting your local extension agent so they can help you properly diagnose that and get some management strategies for you to move forward with. Some common questions that people have in regards to houseplants. One of them is, I have a mold smell coming from the houseplant itself. Typically, that is going to be because the soil is too old or the container that's being used has poor drainage. So inspect the soil, see if it needs to be repotted, see if there needs to be additional drainage. One that's kind of like an old wives tale or gardening um, kind of myth is does buttermilk provide nutrients for house plants? So dairy products do contain protein, which makes it a source of nitrogen, but you should not be using that to provide nutrients for your house plant. It can be damaging. And again, go purchase some regular fertilizer for your house plant. Does adding coffee grounds to the soil aid in a plant success? So liquid coffee does have trace nutrients. Grounds can benefit 
but fresh grounds can also tie up the nitrogen in the soil as well. So if you have coffee grounds and you want to be able to give back, you know, kind of recycle them and stuff, I would just recommend to start a composting bin if you don't have one. If you do, just add it to the composting bin. A very common question with houseplants is there's a sticky substance on the leaves. What is causing that? Most likely that is going to be the excrement of aphids. So aphids and other insects will leave what we call honeydew on the leaves of our plants. And it's, it's often seen too in the summer if you have aphids within a tree. So your porch, decks, cars can even get that uh, sticky substance. So then the follow-up question would be what to use to get rid of aphids. You're going to want to look for an insecticidal soap. I just want to thank everybody who's listening today and those of you who viewed this video in the horticultural library that we have on the website. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact the office 221-6865 or feel free to email me at kelsey.j.deckert at ndsu.edu. Again, thanks for listening and I hope you will join us next time on the Burley Brew Podcast.